Jacks as we welcome Pastor John Drake. You don't like jumping jacks? We got to get him excited. How about now? We good? Got it? All right. Well, what an awesome privilege it is to be here and to share the word. Garrett, Danny, and any other member of the Board of Trustees that invited me, thank you. I, I really mean that. Thank you very much. Um, <coughs> this is going to be a little different today. A um, couple months ago, I uh, was going through some stuff. You guys never have this situation, but I had asked God, why did you create us? Now, I didn't ask it that way. It was more of, why did you create us? <laughs> you can kind of tell what I was going through. Um, and you have to be careful what you ask God because he answers the question. He'll answer it. And so he did. He started taking me through different resources that I, I have a pretty extensive library in my downstairs on the bookshelf so I gave me a thought of what book to go to so I started accumulating all this information on why God created man and I was fascinated by it I gathered it all together as I normally do when I'm going to prepare for a teaching and I put it all together and typically, somebody will stand up here and take all the information that they've worked, the scriptures and all that, and then tell you about it. Well, I was at that point in my notes, and God said, it's not how I want you to do it. He said, put it in the first person and read it like a letter from me. Okay, I've never done that before. So this is a first for me. It may be a first for you. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> but I have um, a letter from God on why he created man. Okay? And I titled it, well, he titled it, My Heart for You. God says, I have written to you previously in what is called the Holy Bible. Now I want to share with you specifically why I created man. Before the morning stars were placed in the heavens, before the foundations of the earth were laid, before the first rays of light ever passed through the dark expanse, I had a deep desire. It was the primordial passion for children. I longed for sons and daughters. This yearning passion took form. And I planned a universe for my man. And in the heart of that universe, I purposed a home. Time does not affect me. Time belongs to day and night, to sun and moon. I'm the omnip 
omnipotent God, more than two syllables, who is not hampered by days, nor nights, nor years. It was my love that laid the foundations of this mighty universe I planned, I purposed it all for the home for my man. It was to be man's birthplace where he could learn to know me. Love took plenty of time. Ages and ages I worked storing up treasures of all kinds of wealth for man. I filled the earth's bosom with deposits of iron, copper, silver, and gold, with uncounted varieties of metals, chemicals, and resources that would respond to the touch of my man. The mountainsides are covered with great forests whose trees are filled with singing birds and droning insects whose dainty wings beat against the genial wind and make a melody fit for my man. Fruits and vegetables abound in profusion, spelling out in nature's language the love I, as the great Father God, have for man. This interprets the great dream, my heart plan. I knew on what sections of the earth's surface the human would segregate, And there I placed great deposits of copper, of iron ore, of coal, limestone, and all the other natural resources and chemicals necessary for the arts, mechanics, and the sciences. Wherever there are vast prairies of grain to support the millions of Earth's teeming population, near it, you will find the greatest deposits of chemicals and metals, minerals, and oil. I grouped them so that they would be ready for man's need. Chance did not rule here. Had platinum and gold been as plentiful as iron, and iron as scarce as gold, there never would have been a mechanical age. The steel rails that gird the earth, that bind nations together, would have been impossible. The mighty mogul engine could never have been built out of gold or copper. Being the great architect of human need and the joy of man while yet unborn, and in creation's wondrous plan, these needs were met. There was a disruption in my plan. My right hand, angel, Lucifer, my light bearer, became full of envy and pride and wanted to be worshipped so bad that he tried to overthrow my kingdom. Lucifer had the seal of perfection and had been in the Garden of Eden, as I said in Ezekiel 28. As written in Revelations 12, for his punishment and for those that followed him, I cast him to earth until a later time where I will deal with them. As a result, my creation needed some repair. On day one, I filled the universe with light and darkness was parted, and it was good. On day two, with sky and water, and it was good. On day three, with land and sea, and it was good. On day four, with the sun and moon, and it was good. On day five, with birds and sea creatures, and it was good. 
on day six with animals and my man. And it was very good. On day seven, I sat back and enjoyed the work I had done. I created man to glorify me. Revelations chapter 4, verse 11. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. I created Adam to be a companion to me, and I created him in my likeness, which is love. Love's nature is to be shared. Adam and Eve were to populate the earth and share my love for generations. I could have created the whole population at once by a single word, but I didn't. I wanted the joy of seeing Adam and Eve begin to bring into existence my children. I longed to see love's process played out. Once others were born, people could reflect my image to one another, thus glorifying me. But that isn't the full picture. The more complete answer is, the man and woman were to reflect my image to the angelic hosts, both good and evil. I put man here to have dominion over the angels and Satan, being just below me. Oh, the time I had with Adam naming every living creature. (laughs) I brought them to him, and whatever he called them, that's what they were. Adam was the subject of no being or law save me and the law of love. I gave him a physical life that had the power of recuperation to the extent that he would never wear out, nor was he subject to disease or death. The earth is the theater for my ultimate victory over Satan and the fallen angels. Satan wants to defy me by ruling the earth. So he came to the first couple and tempted Eve to follow him in rebellion against me. When they fell into sin, my purpose for the earth was temporarily thwarted as Adam and Eve came under Satan's rule. Thus, for the present... Satan is recognized as the ruler of this world. Because I am a fair and just God, I gave mankind freedom of will to make choices in life. Yes, I wanted them to make the right choices. What parent doesn't? But man was free to choose. By creating the tree of knowledge of good and evil and by forbidding Adam and Eve to eat from it, I gave them the choice needed to demonstrate their love and devotion through their obedience. I also gave them a motivation to obey by telling of the consequences of disobedience. It would be death. Sadly, by disobeying my command and partaking of the forbidden fruit, Adam chose to put himself and his desires above my wishes. In doing so, he dishonored his creator. At that moment, his love for me was replaced for his love, his, his lust and desire for that which I had forbidden. And we all know what happened. Adam plunged the world into sin and death. 
When Adam sinned, I could have killed him immediately for his disobedience. Instead, I manifested my amazing and abundant mercy. Without sin, there would have been no need for mercy. So I created man knowing that he would sin, and knowing that I could and would pour out my mercy for all creation to behold. By showing mercy to Adam and clothing his nakedness, by mercy, my mercy was demonstrated. A mercy that had never been seen before. Remember, Satan's rebellion was judged and condemned, not forgiven. Additionally, I poured out my grace as never before by promising a rescuer who would redeem man from his sin and restore him in right relationship with God. In the fall of man, I was magnified throughout all creation and time in ways that would not have been if man had not been given the choice to love, honor, and obey. Adam knew better, but Eve Being deceived by Satan got him to make the wrong choice. I know he did not know the extent of his decision nor the consequences it brought. I told him he would die and die he did. The spiritual connection was severed and death entered where it had not been. Now Satan has the dominion I gave to Adam and Adam must serve him instead of me. But I had a plan. I can fix this. Mankind has a price to pay for disobedience. That's just just. But I will not take it out on Adam. I will have a son in a different way who will be perfect in my sight and will redeem mankind in place of Adam so I can continue with my original plan. My plan would be to have a son outside of the lineage of David so Satan, who would not have dominion over him, He would have to sacrifice his own life to be the substitute for Adam as payment for mankind. It will be his choice. But things take time, and I had to watch my children of Israel obey and then disobey over and over again. When they obeyed and worshipped me, they were happy and healthy. When they walked away and disobeyed, they were in bondage and suffered greatly. This happened again and again. I wrote a summary of these events in Psalms 105, 6, and 7. It seemed like no matter what I did for them, they always thought of themselves first. That's the nature of Satan. When you are selfish, love has nowhere to go. In an effort to demonstrate my love for my children, I made five major covenants with them. I initiated these covenants or agreements, not man. I made a covenant with Noah that never again would there be a flood to destroy the earth. This preserved mankind for the redemption to come. I made a covenant with Abraham that he would have a specific land for his people. I promised descendants and that he would be a blessing to the nations. Abraham was to walk upright with me and teach his children to do the same. Circumcision was the sign. After mankind built the Tower of Babel, I had to scatter them to the four winds and give them different languages. 
My grace demanded I continue with my redemption plan. Then my children walked away and went into bondage in Egypt. I made a covenant with Moses to rescue them. I promised to set them apart as a holy nation and that I would dwell in the midst of them. Moses brought them out of Egypt across the Red Sea into Mount Sinai, where I gave them the law they were to live by. Blessings if they followed, curses if they failed. Next, after bringing them into the promised land, I made a covenant with David, a man after my own heart. I gave David a royal kingdom in which the promises made to Abraham and Israel would be fulfilled in his lineage. The new and final covenant is where I will write my laws in your hearts, bring complete forgiveness of sin, and put my spirit in people to empower them to love and obey my commands. I will raise up a faithful king from the line of David to rule over you, bring you back into the land to unify you under one people for me and cause you to be a light to the nations. Finally, the time was right. Mary, a simple handmaid, had the heart I was looking for and was from the lineage of David. I knew she would give birth and raise my son properly. It would not be easy for her, but I was with her. Mary and Joseph did as I commanded and gave birth to my son Jesus. They raised him, taught him the scriptures. I'm so proud of them. Finally, when he was a man at the age of 30, Jesus was baptized in the Jordan by his cousin John. I placed my spirit upon him as it was with Adam. We could talk spirit to spirit, father to son. We spent 40 days together in the wilderness as I explained to Jesus his purpose and answered his questions. What a time we had. Jesus grew an understanding of who he was, who I was, and what was expected of him. Because of his training as a child in the scriptures, things came together for him. Upon leaving the wilderness after 40 days, Satan tried the same thing he did with Adam. He tempted my son to follow him. <laughs> Jesus wasn't having any of it. He backed Satan down with my word because Jesus knew who he was. Jesus walked the way I wanted Adam to walk and how I want all my children to walk. He lived his life doing exactly what I wanted him to do and nothing more. A father could not be more proud. Jesus is the second Adam because he walked the way I intended the first Adam to walk and because he is the substitute for Adam's sin. Thinking only of what I wanted and serving me. That's what a man was created for. During the time between his baptism and the crucifixion, Jesus performed many miracles. He raised the dead, healed the sick, cleansed the lepers, healed the man born blind, turned water into wine, and walked on water. Because of the Spirit upon him, he was able to change the molecules in the water to hold him up, and the water to have the flavor of wine. It was my spirit on him that allowed him to do these things. 
because he studied the scriptures and knew who he was, Satan could not talk him out of his dominion. Jesus walked the life of love for people to see and emulate. He aligned himself with me. Jesus fully had the choice to walk away and not to go to the cross. He even asked me once if there was any other way. There was not. Justice had to be served. Jesus was paying your penalty in your stead as a substitute. This means simply that Christ died for man in man's place, taking his sins and bearing them for him. The bearing of man's sins takes the punishment for them and sets the believer free from the penal laws or demands of the law. The righteousness of the law and the holiness of God are satisfied by Christ's substitution. This is called the penal substitution theory in your country. The life Jesus lived was to be an example for all mankind to follow and align with. He showed the way to walk before me, having dominion once again. Jesus is the firstborn among many brethren. All those that came after him who accepted him as Lord entered into my family and are to walk the same way. Colossians 3.23 And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. I knew the time was short and Jesus would have to endure the punishment and crucifixion in order to redeem man. This must happen for all mankind. It was the only way. Jesus knew this and understood it. My son had to be human. He had to fear death as any man did. He had to make the decision freely. My whole plan came down to him. My son had to endure a time of torture for mankind's healing, as Isaiah 53, verse 5 says. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we were healed. As my son hung on the cross, I was with him. I never left him, for he was doing what I wanted done. When I raised my son from the dead, never to die again, it shook the world. No one knew my plan. Satan was defeated, no more to have dominion over my children. They were once again to rule over him. My son ascended and sat down at my right hand where he will be forever. I want you to see the greatness of this. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, 
but also in that which is to come. And hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. As the head of the church, he directs my wishes to the church. No name is greater than his, saith mine. Thanks to his decision to follow, putting my wishes above his desires, mankind now can get born again and have eternity with us. Each person that accepts my son as Lord and Savior will enter into my family with Jesus. I will be a part of their lives each and every day. Just as I wanted in the beginning, I will have children to express my love through. I will have children that will align themselves with me, obey my voice, and not live for themselves. I see each and every one of you uniquely. I've had a vision of each of you in my mind since this whole thing started. As you follow me and do my will, I will transform you into that vision. Some won't be as successful as others because of Satan's interference, but many will. Satan's interference is everywhere, and you will have to put away many of the thoughts and actions that were inspired by Satan. Just as Jesus had to know me through the scriptures, you too will have to study the scriptures to know my true heart for you. You will put on what I call, quote, the new man, end of quote. Just as you begin to understand my calling for you, you will see how to walk as Jesus did in love. As I said in Philippians 2, quote, put on the mind of Christ, end of quote. That way you can walk as he did. In the midst of this crooked and perverse nation, you can shine as my lights, showing others my goodness, mercy, and grace. As I was with Jesus every step of the way, I am with you each and every day. My spirit is within you. I can't go anywhere else. I'm here to help you walk, to give you the strength, peace, wisdom, knowledge, and the ability to walk for me. You are not alone. Satan only wants you to think of yourself first. You can't do that anymore. This life is so short compared to all of eternity that you, what you do in this life will carry over into the next where we will spend all eternity together. Time will no longer matter. My plan includes a new heaven and a new earth. What I wanted all along. I've given you a hope. There is a day coming soon when I will send Jesus back to get you. And since you do not know when that is, you are to walk each day as though it is your last day on earth. As you walk, ask yourself, is this what my father wants? Start small and walk with me tomorrow. Try and make it all day. Then try again the next. Satan will try to stop you, but you can persevere. I believe in you. I created you to walk this way so you are capable. 
I've given you all the enablements of Christ. Jesus himself said that the works he did, you can do also. Do you think he lied? Trust me, he told you the truth. Remember, I'm transforming you to be what I created you to be. Work with my son, the head. Align with him. Let him lead you each day. He will not let you down. I have a new heaven and a new earth coming for you. It will be something to behold. No more sorrow. No more pain. Righteousness will dwell there. Death will be done away with. No more cancer, diabetes, gout, headaches, heartaches, breakups, or even sadness. Until then, you have the hope. God bless.